Welcome back. We're on to episode 29 of American Graffiti, one song at a time. I am your host, Tierney Steele, or your DJ Tierney, or whatever we decided to go with for that conceit. And I am once again joined by the wonderful guests, George Hendricks and Liz Whitaker. I just almost reversed your guys' last names. I'm so sorry. That's oh, how that much been, I'm used to seeing you been weird. Liz Hendricks and George, George Whitaker. That would have been fun. Yeah. It's that like would have been new. We, we got pod married and then took each other's names. And then got divorced. <laughs> and yeah. and then But we stayed hyphenated. There you go. There you I go. I just really wanted to move up in the alphabet. So I would take your last name. Yeah. And then you're like, now I can divorced. get a better seat in gym class. <laughs> exactly. Or traffic court, which is where all of these people belong. Traffic court. Yeah, there are a lot of driving, and they're looking around. They're not like paying attention. There's a lot going on in the in the two. We have two cars that we're dealing with today. So yesterday we saw a lot of people, but very briefly. And today we're going to spend a little bit of time in the Pharaoh's car, and then in the car with Carol and John Milner. Wait, wait. So the the name of the gang that has abducted uh, Baby Dick Di- Dreyfus is called the Pharaohs. The Pharaohs. None of them yep. are Egyptian. That is not cool. What I love is that basically there were a bunch of driving clubs that would hang around at the burger joints when Lucas was growing up and he thought their jackets were cool. And so these guys were in the movie. Well, I mean, (laughs) he's not wrong. That's true. I really enjoy the incredible immaturity of these gang members who have kidnapped a man and threatened to kill him in some form being the origin i assume of he who smelt it dealt it <laughs> right like is that's was, a poem uh <laughs> that's today's poem <laughs> that's what i took away from this minute is like wait so he who smelt it dealt it has been around for this long like since the 50s yeah it makes sense <laughs> apparently <laughs> do the kids still say that <laughs> I did not look up the, is it entomology for words? Nope, that'd be etymology. Etymology. Entomology Entomology is bugs. bugs. (laughs) It's really unfortunate that I have a phobia of bugs, and those two words are so close to Because you're like, what is this? Oh my God, where are no? Yup. He who smelt it dealt it origin. I'm just really curious if there is like, oh my God, it pulled up a Wikipedia article, flatulence humor. I mean- Uh, When you try and make it sound like a grown-up way to describe- That's my brand. A fart joke. (laughs) See also, cut the cheese. Protest too much. (laughs) Which is also in this minute. There we go. So what'd you guys think of this little back and forth with these guys before we get to the actual meat of this segment? I mean, I feel like old Richard Dreyfuss talking a big game about all the nerds getting all the, or the the wimps getting all the, the, sorry, like snatch. The snitch. Uh, the yeah. I could have done without that, but... Uh, you know, having the context of him being kidnapped really helps me process the whole scene, though. I I, under- I understand it a lot better now. <laughs> He's just trying. He's trying. I can't say I approve of the term uh, snatch in reference to a, a woman in general. She's probably got a name, and I can guarantee you it's not snatch. I don't know. Maybe she, her parents are celebrities. Yeah, that's true. It could be like those weird Bruce Willis names. Or Blanket and Apple and There snatch. is no proof either way. This is Snatch Cumberbatch. <laughs> I think statistically, George, you are right, though. And yeah, I was trying to keep track because 
I know at least the joke kind of in the script originally was that every time you saw Falfa, he was going to have a different girl in the car. (laughs) I think this is the same blonde from before, but that's all right. Yeah, they see him driving around and they say, Milner's going to lose. He's getting old. He's not as fast anymore. And they cut to Milner, who is also a baby. Um, (laughs) He is not old. Stop making me feel old. I freaking love Carol putting the moves on the older guy here. <laughs> yeah, and I was also, I, what is the, what, no, you know what? Don't ruin the surprise for me. I don't want to know what their relationship is. Yeah, but it was, well, you're never going to watch it. No, you're right. What I do love is that <laughs> yesterday you mentioned that you don't know why these people are in the car together and you didn't think they knew why they were in the car together. And I really kind of love that for John and Carol because I will tell you that. John was driving around looking, you know, to see if there was a cute girl who would go driving around with him. And instead, he had someone's little sister foisted off onto him. And the older sister, like, took off as soon as Carol got out of their car. And he has yet to find her again. And so he is stuck with this. I think she's supposed to be 13. Like, he is stuck with this middle schooler (laughs) that he's driving around for the night. Who is now just, like, taking over his life and (laughs) bossing him around. Yes. All right. I like Carol. There's something about the fact that like, because he he shuts it down so fast and she like jumps back into her seat. But you look at like her arm is around him. I mean, full on. (laughs) Just whatever. I'm going for it. She's got moxie. Mama knows what she wants. (laughs) And then when she gets rebuffed by him, she just challenges his masculinity by daring him (laughs) to do something. She just... Luckily, we don't have to go too far down that road because we get to meet, like, I can only assume this girl in the other car is stoned, right? Well, the one in the front whose eyes are half-lidded with the bow in her hair? <laughs> I take it back. They're both stoned. <laughs> oh, she's so high. I just had it frozen yeah. on a street, a still of her. And I'm like, she is so high. Yeah. <laughs> a, a car pulls up alongside them and it's... For, it's all girls in that car. But yes, the two that we see, the girl in the front seat, just like laying back with her itty bitty tiny bow in her hair, <laughs> in her giant hair. And then the girl kind of half hanging out the back window. And just the way she's talking, it's just like, I, I can't tell if she's trying to be like California casual or stoned. No, she's stoned. <laughs> she just, she's syrupy. Those girls were hotboxing before this incident. <laughs> We didn't see that part when they were driving around. So one of the things is that this balloon hitting Carol square in the face is not scripted. So the balloon is scripted, but the girl was supposed to throw it so that it would explode against the window next to her, soaking her. But it but turns then she out got high. throwing a water balloon through a car window <laughs> across Paul Lamont and then you while get high. high is hard. Yeah. And then, and then she they got, got high. high. Then she got high. And then she got high. Then she got high. And then she got high. And then she hit Mackenzie Phillips in the face with a water balloon. Because she was high. (laughs) Yep. This Carol is supposed to be angry, but Mackenzie Phillips cannot stop laughing because she has just gotten beamed, basically. And uh, Liz, I'm sure you'll be reassured to know that this is Chekhov shaving cream. It was established that she had this can with her before. Okay, so in the movie. we are we are All not right. just like I was about to say. How does she just randomly produce shaving cream? Yep, because it's nope. the fifties, and you've always got shaving cream in the car. Duh. <laughs> no, what's he doing to this? Is he trying to let air out of the tires? Yes, he let. He told. He slashes all four tires. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, she's shaving creaming the windows. But he's like 
doing actual physical property damage. Yes. Yeah, that car is stranded at the end. And also, also, it's not like he's got a like a Toyota Tracel that blends in. His car stands out in a crowd. They're like, yeah, the yellow rat racer. Oh, we know that guy. The cops all know him and are on the lookout for him. But apparently, this is just lighthearted teenage fun. Well, those girls are high. They're never going to remember that. They're going to think it was a ghost. (laughs) There was a tall ghost. Who's and then there was a tires. shorter ghost. She's wearing, they're wearing white shirts. This kind of works. And there was a shorter ghost with bangs. <laughs> and that one spit up all over our car. Oh my God. This is. I got, I got ectoplasm on my Ford. This is ghost goo on our windows. <laughs> These girls grow up to be ghostbusters. We've been there visited. Four of them. It's perfect. So. <laughs> So yeah, so they have established that Carol has shaving cream and Mackenzie Phillips describes filming this as George Lucas handing them 17 or 18 cans of shaving cream and turning them loose, basically. That's never going to end well. It sounds like high school. Yeah, this it's very high school. So uh, this is a 1960 Cadillac Sedan DeVille. I saw a little bit of arguing online about whether or not it was a Sedan DeVille, but whatever, close enough. And that seemed to be a consensus. It was on loan by the female owner who did not realize that this is the scene it would be in. <laughs> they basically went, you know, looking for anyone with classic cars. And she was like, oh, yeah, I've got the 60 Cadillac. And they were like, that's great. And then... She's watching them do this scene and apparently was just like freaking out the whole time. Like all but screaming off camera. Like, what are you doing? Calm down, lady. We'll wash it for you. We'll re-air your tires. (laughs) Yeah. And in her defense, one of the things that worried her was that Paul Lamott, playing John Milner, decided to jump over the car. We see a really great shot of that. And you'll notice his, his feet aren't touching, you know, he kind of kicks them up. He wasn't doing that originally. He climbed up onto the car in several takes. And as George Lucas is watching the owner, you know, faint, he said, he pulled him aside and was like, can you not actually jump? Can you do a, uh, can, can you, uh, can you do slower, more, int- more, less intense? <laughs> do, do you see how you're wearing boots? Yeah. So Could you're you uh, we're wearing boots and uh, you're, uh, you're on the car there. And I don't know if that's really <laughs> going to work out for the character. So what if you, uh, you know, oh, take it down. George Lucas does not care about this character. He cares about the car. Take it, let's take be, it down a let's notch. be honest. <laughs> hey, thanks. I love that all the notes on his was basically he would start rolling. He would film a scene. They do some ab libbing and then at the end he go, terrific, and move on. <laughs> That's what this movie feels like a lot. Yeah. Gave gave no direction, said everything was terrific. He's like, anybody want to listen to me talk about this Star Wars I want to make? <laughs> <laughs> but it does very much feel like, okay, the light was good on the car. Let's let's motor. Keep it moving. I wonder about these spotlights. Why are they there? What are they doing? Bank grand opening. I don't know. Of what? The wall? They're, what are they facing Car dealership. Towards? They're, in, They're the- in front of a Wells Fargo. I, I- <laughs> Wells Fargo was bigger back then. But they're in like, in between tall buildings. You can't, there's nothing to catch the attention of. It's just hitting the other wall. It's very strange because I was like, oh, it's like when they do lights up into the sky. And I'm like, nope, they're they're definitely just rotating on that street. They just needed something to make the background look more compelling on this back lot, this studio back lot. And they're like, mm. oh, look, there's some spotlights over there from an opening the other night. 
Yeah, let's go get him over here. That's Drag cool. Drag him looking. over here. There is part of me that wonders because Haskell Wexler, who did the lighting, was absolutely horrified at how dark it always was and was constantly trying to fudge things to lighten it up out on the streets. And I do kind of wonder if he was just like, George, could there maybe be giant lights behind this car? Uh, just uh, a wait, thought. Wait, just wait a thought. until my next picture that's uh, shot in space. <laughs> like all in space. Yeah, but George, but it'll make the cars look prettier. But space. And then he was like, cool. <laughs> What if we, instead of having real cars, we just had miniature cars and then matte paintings? That way there can't be people in them. <laughs> miniature cars with matte paintings. I'm into it, but only if they can be twin. Mm. Oh, and can uh, the two? Can these two people in the yellow car be brother and sister? <laughs> but not know it. But not know it. That's hot. I mean, I mean it cool kind story. Of, it kind of works. It kind of works for these two. I'm into it. Yeah, this is the weird thing, because when I grew up watching this, I... Loved the Carol character. Like, I was convinced... It's the dream. She got into this car, and instead of, like, kicking her out, like, the hot guy just drove around with her all night, and they had fun adventures. And vandalized cars? And vandalized cars, but they had a hell of a time doing it. Look how happy they are. And she got accused of attempted rape? (laughs) I mean, but... I mean, they are having adventures, and they are, like, the best of friends by the end of this, basically. They bond. The, the way they like run up, there's a scene where um after they're done, right before they get in the car, they run up and they're silhouetted by that spotlight and they don't, they don't kiss. They don't even hug. They just kind of like grab each other's arms and jump up and down a couple times. And it is, it is the best. I love it so much. Like this just cements then their you relationship. Like a jump and like a freeze frame. Only except they then do have to run back into the car because... <laughs> They are, they do not want to get caught and arrested. <laughs> so I have to shout out another, another thing in, how do I want to put this? Another thing in pop culture that this made me think of, because I mentioned I saw this movie when I was probably a teenage, probably like 13, 14, not younger than 12. But there was something that I saw when I was younger, because there was a 1993, I looked it up, episode of Full House. Oh. Called Be True to Your Preschool. (laughs) Where Kimmy Gibbler, the neighbor, has gotten her driver's license. And it turns out she's actually a really good driver. She borrows, I think it's supposed to be her older brother or cousin's car. I don't care what it is. It is a orange and yellow car called Wild Thing with like zebra print (laughs) interior. And it's her and DJ and Stephanie and Michelle driving around singing Wild Thing in the car. And when they get to a stop sign, they see a bunch of people walking and DJ says they're going to play Ring Around the Chevy, which is where you get out, run around the car and then get back in. Except this is a full house episode. So they are then locked out of the car and they learn an important lesson about safety. Uh, But but that is not what imprinted on me as a child watching that. All I saw was Wild Thing and them running around the car. And that was a thing that... I'm not going to think about where this came from, and I don't say this anymore. And actually, it was one of those things that even when I was told it in the 90s, I was said, but we probably shouldn't call it that. The other term for that? that Yes. Yes. I was saying, um, like, that's probably I, something they would not use on Full House. No, yeah. no. DJ Tanner never referred to it as a Chinese fire drill, um, which is where at a red, you run around the car and get back in before the light turns green. I never understood why they called it that. That was like one of those things like, that just feels like it's unnecessarily racist. 
Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, is this racist for the sake of being racist? I was honestly too busy being like up too uptight to want to participate in the activity to worry about what it was called. I was like, no, I'm not doing that. I am not getting out of this car. What are you talking about? I love that the dictionary is noun, offensive, North American. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, no, a basically. Lot of, a lot of North Americans are. <laughs> offensive North American. That's right. That that's is, our brand. That's a correct stereotype. Technically, it is just a state of disorder or confusion described as a form of vehicular musical chairs. <laughs> Except you hmm. don't get into other vehicles. But I, I'm not going too far down this rabbit hole, <laughs> listeners, but that is definitely the term that I heard it called. <laughs> Thank you, DJ Tanner, for giving us something that we can actually now refer to it as. Also, don't do that. As Liz pointed out, it's not a great idea. No. Maybe just, maybe just, just don't. Maybe just stay in your car and sing no, extra yeah, loud because you're at a stop site. Stop light. <laughs> yeah. It'll be just fine. George Lucas, I feel like George Lucas made some questionable decisions in this. And and he shows that later on. Not, not, and I'm not even going to like talk smack about him making the prequels. I'm just saying that I, I would like to point out that he did almost start a war with Libya. But um, that was a totally <laughs> different thing altogether. Um, he just has made questionable choices. It was a different time. Stoplights were longer. <laughs> And Libya was like, you know, just asking for a fight. Listen, Professor Fun Facts, not everybody cares about your. I think everybody out there is going like, wait, what? Really? That's cool. (laughs) But because you're being a grump about it, I'm not going to tell them. (laughs) You're welcome, everyone. They're going to have to listen to your whole own podcast to get the full story. (laughs) You're going to have to weasel your way into our friend group to get in this. It's a teaser. So good luck with that. (laughs) The group chat. Speaking of the group chat, you know what song is almost universally beloved by all the group chats, apparently? No. Uh, <laughs> this is this is the part of the show where we talk about the song that's playing, because as John Milner is jumping up and down and slashing tires, and Mackenzie Phillips is shaving cream, <laughs> that's not a- No, it wow, works. Use it as a verb. verb. It's fine. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> the English language had it coming. The English language is offensive, as we've established. Chuck Berry's 1958 mega hit Johnny B. Good is playing. Johnny B. Good, which topped out at number eight on Billboard's Hot 100, but is number seven on Rolling Stone's 50 Greatest Songs of All Time. <laughs> That's a good list. That's a big list. Yeah. That's important. It is yeah. the only rock and roll song that appears on Voyager's Golden Record. That we sent out oh. to aliens. And the song itself has been inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame for its influence. I can on just imagine aliens deep in space picking up that golden record and playing it, listening to Johnny Be Good go, Is this song about poop? Somebody, quick, somebody <laughs> get the shaving cream. Pretty sure this song is about poop. Let's get the shaving cream. Let's do a ring around the Chevy. Yeah, I don't know what it means either. <laughs> just get the shaving cream and come over here. <laughs> no, you don't need a knife. What is wrong with you? <laughs> Why do you have that? We have to slash the tires. <laughs> Again, want to make it clear, Carol's idea. <laughs> so I'm very curious to see how particularly Johnny B. Good is about poop, given that it is a mostly autobiographical song that was written by Chuck Berry in 1955. About his love of pooping. Okay. Yep, that's not an argument. I'm just saying. Close to New Orleans? Yeah. 
That, what do you think that log cabin was made out of? All right, you've now saved me 20 bucks because there is an amazing graphic design I've seen up on like Etsy or wherever where it's a map, but it's the lyrics to Johnny Be Good. So it's like the log cabin in the woods with the str- like it, it went through and basically made a map of Johnny Be Good. But now I can't buy it because I'd think of poop every time I looked at it. So thank you. You know for what, Tierney? Buy it, but hang out in the bathroom. Oh, God, that's so good. Yeah. That's the one <laughs> place you want to think about poop all the time. George is not good at saving you money. George is not good at saving you money. I will tell an unrelated to American graffiti, but very related to this conversation Ooh. story. Oh, this is going to um, be interesting. <laughs> my, my married couple friend had moved in together and they were talking about like decorating and all that stuff. And um, Abby said, yeah, I had to convince Russ that we didn't need a sign that said poop deck to hang on our bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> And then that led to a whole conversation about poop But I'm deck, like, ha-ha. but Abby, why not? So what I love was then Russ countered with, we could just get a bunch of poop decks. And what if you hung them on random doors, not the bathroom? And Abby <laughs> said, that would be very confusing. And the I cannot convey on a podcast how wide Russ's eyes got. He said, or very freeing. <laughs> Russ is not wrong. Well, yeah, because <laughs> Russ is probably not going to be the one cleaning it up. It was... It was the pure joy with which this realization crossed his brain. So let's see. How can I tie poop into this bit of trivia about the song? Oh, I'm sure we can do it. Challenge accepted. Chuck Berry has acknowledged is not pulling a vanilla ice. He says the opening riff for Johnny Be Good that's so iconic does come from Louis Jordan's 1946 song Ain't That Just Like a Woman. Ain't that just like a woman who poops, you yeah. know, whatever. He became famous as the father of rock and roll, Chuck Berry. Uh, his big thing was that he obviously wasn't the only person doing this. You know, everyone says, like, there's no one person who invented rock and roll. Uh, Sisters wrote that a tharp was doing it before he was. But the the way that Chuck Berry brought combining country with rhythm and blues to the masses is obviously very important in the history of rock and roll. It's very freeing. It's very freeing. I'm glad, I'm glad (laughs) that, uh, that Johnny B. Good appears in American Graffiti, a song, a a movie about this era of music. Now, I want, my question is like, is anybody's first experience with this song not Back to the Future? Yes, mine was not because I've not seen that movie and I have heard this song. How, how, yeah, but you probably heard it doing the clip of Back to the Future where he's playing the song. Uh, what do you mean? Why do you think I have sought out a single clip? Of no, just the culturally, movie? it's out there. Yeah. Michael J. Fox just kind of appears sometimes. Actually, I think I have seen Back to the Future, but my mom was really into the music from this era. So we had a bunch of like compilation, uh, fifth, like four CD sets of like. 50s and like 60s K-tel, music. Like records? Uh, yeah, something like that. And it would ha- it had like doo-wop and rock. And so we listened to it a lot. And that is definitely where I would have heard this before I ever saw Back uh, to I the mean, Future. I mean, my dad was into like, you know, 50s like, like sock hop stuff. But I do believe that my first time actively remembering this song is Back to the Future. I mean, to be fair, the song I remember most of that four-disc album was Duke of Earl, not Johnny B. Good. I remember At the Hop. Oh, yeah. At the Hop. Was... Also in this movie. I think we sang At the Hop in choir. Of course you did. <laughs> the whitest rendition of that ever. <laughs> I definitely would have seen it in Back to the Future because my grandmother, her favorite movie was Back to the Future, which I thought made her a very cool grandmother. I also yeah, think it makes cool her a time grandma. traveler. 
that was her era. Like she she saw Lorraine's dress and she's just like, yes, I'm, I'm here for time. this. <laughs> Who's Calvin yes. Klein? Very much so. So um, I would have seen it there first, but I do have a, Liz. I have this amazing memory of because I was I was the pop punk kid in my group, and like my sister went through a Marilyn Manson phase, and then my dad is a dad. But there, I remember being in a car and like he put on a Chuck Berry CD, and we all were loving it. And like it looped around and started again. And we're like, just listen to it again. This is awesome. And it was one of those moments where it's like, oh, we're we're all into this. Like that that guy, that Chuck Berry guy's got something musically. <laughs> yeah, he's got a sound that he's been looking for. Marvin Berry? Well, just to make sure that we end this on a downer. Yeah. No. We can we can rebound from this. Can we talk It'll be more fine. about uh Chuck Berry's little weird poop fascinations and uh poop does come up. Before the end of this story. So this movie, this song came out in 1958. The next year, Chuck Berry would be arrested for violating the Man Act. That is where you bring an underage woman across state borders for immoral purposes. Uh, yeah. And he was sent back to jail. So no one is claiming that. So here's the thing. And then when he got out of jail, Chuck Berry went on and he was still very successful. But it was never the same. It never quite got the same. Like, he went back into the studio, and the the studio work just wasn't there. And he was touring. But, like, when he would tour, he would just hire bands, and so it never really gelled. Yeah. And he never really quite got back to this high of Johnny B. Good. Even though he would he would have other hits. There, there are plenty of hits. There's plenty of success. There's plenty of money in Chuck Berry's future. I am not crying a river for him. I am just saying that after he got um, convicted that time and sent to jail for that stint, it never was really the same after that. I kind of feel like at the very minimum, that should be what happens. You know, you get convicted for doing some weird sex with illegal people and you probably should have a weird bump in your career. See, this is where it gets weird, because on the one hand, no one is going to claim that Chuck Berry did not suffer at the hands of a racist system, but also Chuck Berry did some weird stuff. <laughs> You're right. <Yeah. laughs> like, with underage girls. That should be punished. Well, he also, even with girls, did consensual weird things, including defecation. <laughs> Yeah, apparently that was one of the things. Uh, later in life, uh, there were videos of of things. Yeah, he he had to, he sued a couple people for defecation of character. Okay. <laughs> and then they turned around and said, "We have video evidence of your defecate." Yeah, it's very weird because I am I am not here saying that Chuck Berry never did anything wrong, but I also think. That the, he suffered for it way more than a white man would have. Oh, probably. What? Yeah, he also, went to the he, man he, act in and of itself is racist. He went to he went to jail, whereas a white guy would be like, uh, "Hey, I'm gonna run hey for Bruce, office. how about you don't do that yeah. anymore? Cool." No, a white man does it, and it's like, "Here, let's make you a congressperson." And that man was Anthony Weiner. <laughs> Timely. That's a, that's our that's our timely political joke for that. I mean, at least George did it the favor of not dating it quite so much <laughs> to when we're actually <laughs> recording this by using a more current reference. But they're there. I just don't want to give him the time. I don't want to give him airtime. Fair enough. And honestly, anyone listening to this can guess, can know. Oh, maybe that person's in jail by now. That'd be dirtbag of the week. <laughs> that would be amazing. 
Dirtbag of the Week. And they're like, oh, that guy who went to jail for being weird with underage girls? Yeah, we remember that. Um, Yeah, it's it's just very, it's just very weird. Because on the one hand, like, nothing's ever as cut and dry. And like, the first time he went to jail, it's like, well, yeah, no, he definitely did something shady. But like, how shady was it? Was it go to jail for many years, shady? I don't know. It, wh- whatever. Not a not a saint by any stretch of the, that definition. But who is really abolish the prison system? Absolutely, Amazing. abolish the prison system. Defund, defund the, the police. police. A cab. Like just pick one. <laughs> That's fine. We got you. Not defending the system, but also not defending uh, trafficking underage girls and pooping on them. Yeah. Now, to be fair. I don't know that the underage girl and the pooping incident were the same. He also was accused of rape and harass. Like, who knows? Who knows? Then some of it was definitely consensual. Con- some of it was consensual, not conventional. Non-conventional is both. <laughs> if yes. it was non-consensual, then it doesn't matter how normal it was because that's not okay. So yeah, it's it's just very weird and icky but at the same time the man was an amazing entertainer who revolutionized music in this country so kind of relevant (laughs) oh man people are complicated you can be famous without being like a weird sex pervert by the way just saying it's possible it's absolutely possible to do just throwing it out there (laughs) just just do it just don't be a weird sex pervert about it or if you're going to be a weird sex pervert, make sure you do it with other consenting yeah, adults. Yeah, get consent, have yeah. forms signed, you know, like make sure there's documentation so that you can say later, like, this was all above board, but don't yeah. do not do weird sex <clears throat> to people who aren't expecting it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that's, I actually did, as I was putting together my notes, I was like, look, I don't want to yuck anyone's yum. Like, if this is what you're into, <laughs> just go for it. Just make sure your partner's also into it <laughs> yes. before you do yeah. it. And that... There's no legal legal issues with an age difference. Yes. And also, if you own a club, maybe don't put a camera in the women's bathroom. Definitely never do that. that, that I, like, I'm, I mean, I don't want to have to dumb it down There's for no you. There's no maybe there. That is what we would call a violation of consent. Just saying right there. Yeah. Unless everyone that enters that restroom consents to being videotaped <laughs> yeah. while they're in there. Oh, God. You have violated Taking their, their consent. Taking their weird club poop. It all comes back to the poop. <laughs> this is what it's all about, really. <laughs> what has this man done to us? George is just a shill for big feasting. I am. I am. <laughs> wow. Back to this movie, which uses one of the g- most iconic rock and roll songs in an iconic rock and roll movie. And and it's all delightful. It's all delightful and wonderful. And nothing we have said here can be used against us in a court of law. <laughs> I almost wondered that. I was like, I feel like I should put a disclaimer. Like, we are not legal advice. Please consult a lawyer if you are a club owner considering putting cameras in your bathrooms. No, don't do that. Just don't do it. I feel confident that we can just say, don't do that. Are we lawyers? No, but don't do that. (laughs) Even if it's legal, it's not cool. Yeah, yeah. Just because it's legal doesn't mean it's good. So (laughs) if you have enjoyed us completely derailing but did we really it feels like it all related back to absolutely what we said we were going to talk about today chuck berry pooping on people yeah this is kind of what we do um i've had you on podcasts before it is always a delight to talk to you guys i'm so glad you feel that way (laughs) i'm glad someone feels that way i find it so entertaining and i love it (laughs) we mentioned the movies by minutes community and i just wanted to point out to any of our listeners that don't know 
There is a moviesbyminutes.com that you can go check out that has links to everything. Uh, it is searchable. I hope we're on it. I feel like we can't. We're doing one song at a time instead of one minute at a time. But I don't I don't know, like, how much of a rebel that really makes us. Look, I think if you email, if you fill out the correct form on the website and email or like attach the stuff correctly, Rob will just put you on the website. <laughs> like whatever. As long as you do the form, that's all that matters. You have to do the form. He doesn't even, yeah, it's as long as you do the form, he'll put you on the site. If you don't do the form, he's not going to, no. You don't exist. <laughs> exactly. You're dead to him. So now that we've dragged Ro- poor Rob into this. Uh- <laughs> no, it's not poor Rob. It's not poor Rob. He knows what he did. It wasn't anything mentioned on today's podcast. Don't worry, <laughs> folks. <laughs> so that's where you can go to find literally everything. If you're looking for more of this show, you can check out our Facebook listeners group, the Mel's Listeners Drive-In, and on Twitter and Instagram, we're under the handle at VCR Privileges, because that is the podcast series that picks a summer movie every summer to break down one something at a time, usually not minute, because that's too many episodes to do in just a summer. And that's where you can find more of us. Where can they find more of you guys? Uh, If they want to, if they choose, it's on them. They are consenting to seek out more of your podcasting. (laughs) You can uh, follow Mean Girls Minute, which uh, I usually really just uh, retweet when I guest on things now. So it's a pretty good way to tell if I'm guessing on something. There you go. Or you could follow at Minute in Black. and, And maybe one day you'll see a tweet that says, the show has started. Woo. Are we still waiting a Dune Minute for oh, Wait yeah. a Dune Minute? Yeah, we're waiting. Okay. We're waiting. Okay. Yeah. Yep. That was a perfectly named podcast. Listen, I didn't even know it when I named it, but uh, I crushed it. <laughs> you sure did. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you want to dig back into my my podcast, Youth, you can go listen to the Mogwai Minute, which is a minute-by-minute minute breakdown of both Gremlins movies with my co-host, Neil, who uh, is a British prick. I'm just saying. I'm, only say- I'm kidding. I'm only saying that because he won't listen to this, so he won't ever hear it. I think we had him on the show, so just a heads up. Oh, did you? He's probably aware that it exists. He's a wank. He's a wanker. <laughs> there you go. Noun offensive. British. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know how people feel about the episodes that we do together, but I always have fun doing them. <laughs> so screw everyone else. And, th- and that's the important lesson. I haven't gotten any death threats yet. Yet. <laughs> well, because they never check your Twitter. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I just that's haven't. That's the trick. I just haven't you seen them. You better check the DMs, girl. No, don't want them. All right. Well, I will be back tomorrow uh, to talk more about this movie, less about pooping. Uh, cha- oh, no. Sorry. I'm glad I'm out. <laughs> I'm done. He's really fast, isn't he?